Uh, now that we've heard Sherry's thoughts on Isabella, which were certainly fascinating, and I, ne I never would have thought this would have taken an economic approach, and as much as I want to ask about the psychology behind religion, I don't feel like opening Pandora's box. I just feel like you're asking for trouble there. Politics and religion. It's dangerous. All right, so now I want to take a quick pivot to this episode's Patreon bonus last call question. In this case, on the weirdly wonderful, sadistic, I don't know. Oh, well, you said I didn't swear enough. Sadistic fuck Cisneros, okay? So we're going to talk about Francisco Jimenez Cisneros. And I have asked Dr. Sherry Valencic to give me her insights into his fear of women, what is, I guess, called gynophobia. Listeners, follow the link in the show notes to get access to this excuse, ex exclusive? exclusive last call Patreon discussion, as well as other bonus questions, and what the hell, even support the show in the process so we can keep doing this. Sherry, what are your thoughts? Uh, you said you had so a problem. I need, I need some context. So Cisneros was a pretty bad guy, right? Yeah, nobody will convince me otherwise. He, yeah, he famously said, I converted 3,000 Muslims to Catholicism in one single day. He was known for using methods that were, quote, not correct. Like, I feel like if you say that, it's so bad you can't even say it's bad. It's like, what the fuck is not correct? Um, yes, so absolutely. He was so where, where does gyne, where does gynophobia? Oh, okay. So it was a brief little hiccup in it where uh, he was a hermit monk, a Franciscan monk outside of Toledo, Spain, which is outside of Madrid. And after running into some problems with some of his superiors, he decided to join up with a Franciscan monastery and become a hermit monk, uh, where he was famously known for living off like plants around him and wearing nothing but a hair shirt. And this apparently impressed Isabella so much that he eventually became her confessor. But the problem was he was so terrified of women that he couldn't even sleep under the same roof as the woman whose confession he had to hear on a regular basis. So that is the story of Jimenez Cisneros that really, I think, is a defining character piece. Uh, so I, I don't know if you could just tell us what gynophobia is. And then if you disagree with it, we can talk about what you really think applies here. Okay, so, I mean, gynophobia is definitely a thing. It is a fear of women. It's considered a specific phobia that is... Fear of women, right? Sorry, fear of women, yeah. Yeah, it's fear of women. And so it would be considered a specific phobia, um, which is listed in the DSM-5, which is the authority in the United States on psychological disorders. But, you know... I think the question always is why? So, you know, gynophobia is characterized by somebody who, um, you know, has a, a deep fear of being near women or even thinking about women um, and is specifically avoiding places where women would gather. And it is developing an increasing sense of anxiety, which can have a lot of physical symptoms like somebody perspiring or somebody developing tremors um, or somebody getting migraine headaches, um, either thinking about being near or around women. So, I mean, are those the type of behaviors that we're talking about with this gentleman? I don't necessarily know that they are. I mean, he, so it raises another question for me when you teach me more about phobias, uh, is, you know, he overcame his fear by a sense of duty. And I'd love to know if there's some insights on that, but I, I don't know that it is. So what else could it be if it's not just simply a fear of women? 
Well, because um, it, seems, it does seem. Know, I, I, I think it, without having to invoke my favorite psychologist, Dr. Sigmund Freud, um, who believed that Freud, you know, Freud believed that people's behaviors often were rooted in some kind of traumatic childhood experience or some kind of um, bad relationship or um, trauma that they suffered from their parents. You know, my question would be, why does this man feel this way? And my thought is that, you know, Sigmund Freud probably would want to explore um, his relationships that he had prior to becoming for a month. Um, you know, what was it that, um, you know, triggered this gynophobia? Uh, what stimuli was it? And, uh, you know, being, being somebody who believes there was some credibility to Freud's theories, even though he's highly criticized, um, I would want to explore his relationship with his mother. Um, because I, I think that that could be a plausible explanation. Do we know anything about his early upbringing? I'm currently looking to see if there's anything. Um... And I'm not seeing anything. He emerged as a name at, when he studied law and then joined the church. But I'm just not seeing anything. Now, I will say he was known yes. for being very strict, very like follow the rules of the, the Bible. But I'm not seeing anything that stands up like his mother died when he was young or his mother abandoned him or his father abandoned him. Um, God only knows, oh, un, uh, unintended, but yeah, I, I don't know what drove it. You know, I, I think that, you know, given his, his behavior, you could look at characteristics of obsessive compulsive personality disorder. Those are people who have excessive needs to control people, situations, events, things like that. And, and perhaps some characteristics of that might explain that behavior. Um, but I tend to be a little bit more, um, a little bit more sarcastic, cynical when it comes to things like that. And just wonder if somehow something happened in this man's life um, that made him feel very inadequate in the presence of women. Um, and that is sometimes what can be a driving force behind what's called an inferiority complex, uh, which is a concept that is somewhat related to Freud's theories. But um, um, oftentimes if people feel that they um, have some kind of inadequacy and either they have actual or some kind of perceived inferiority with a person or a group of people, um, their behavior can overcompensate by being aggressive or being hateful. Um, and I said, I just wonder if that could have been part of it. Um, I don't know if I'm buying the gynophobia uh, thing um, because usually there are um, triggers. You know, somebody who develops, um, you know, a coulrophobia, the fear of clowns, has had a really bad experience with a scary clown at some point in their life, um, you know, acrophobia, the fear of heights. Um, and there are actually very few phobias that are thought to be evolutionary, like the fear of snakes is thought to be evolutionary. Um, but I don't know if I'm just buying the, I'm afraid of women, so this is how I'm going to to be. So, so you I don't think know. it's some sort of maybe like anxiety disorder then, or some sort of obsessive compulsive piece? I mean, when you the way you described what you said, he kind of sounds like maybe his obsessive devotion to his faith even i mean just giving up everything and being a hermit to be a hermit to live by yourself for years i mean that's going to be something alone that's going to change your behaviors in psychology 
I, I don't know. know. Sigmund Freud that runs through my blood would say that something happened between him and his mother early in his life, and that just tainted him for the rest of his life. That's okay. what I'm sticking with. Um, okay. If you don't know anything about his, his upbringing or to know if he suffered any kind of trauma uh, from his wife or another person, I mean, when I was doing some research on the Spanish Inquisition, there was all sorts of wild behavior going on uh, that those Catholics were pulling people in to inquire yep. about. So, you know, yep. um, I, I don't know if he could have been a victim of abuse. And so that is what triggered it. But, you know, anytime you're talking about a phobia, there's usually some kind of environmental event that happened mm -hmm. um, that helps create the anxiety the irrational fear of that um and so i my hunch and my bet would be that something happened in this guy's early life uh, that would then make him have this anxious behavior um in the presence of women so i guess is there where is there anything else we need to know about phobias like i i guess i've gotten in the habit of asking you where does this where do phobias fit in your class what what, what piece is that a behavioral psychology thing or also, um, as an intro to psych teacher, phobias are covered during our unit on clinical psychology, where we look at the diagnosis of psychological disorders and how they're treated. And so, again, phobias fall under anxiety disorders. There are a specific category of those. But, you know, phobias are interesting, and, and there are um, newly identified phobias um, that Previously, weren't identified like tryptophobia, which is the fear that a lot of people have of small clusters of circles, mm -hmm. um, which is a newer phobia that was first identified just in 2005. Okay, no judgment. Um, so that, well, it, and, it, and it's a real thing. Uh, and it is very severe in people who have an impact. When I talk about specific phobias with my students, um, we talk about some commonly known ones like arachnophobia. Uh, but I always bring up the tryptophobia because it, it was only identified about 15 years ago. And I then show images because a lot of students don't understand clusters of circles. So I will show images to my students and I always do a disclaimer um, so that if any kids know that they have this phobia, they can leave the room or walk away. And more than any type of phobia that I cover with my students, this gets a very severe and immediate reaction. Um, kids that have haven't experienced it, like they're almost discovering the phobia. No, the kids who have this phobia, maybe they don't know what its name is, but if I start talking about clusters of circles and I give some examples like, um, you know, people who get goosebumps or when you pour um, soda and it gets a bubbly head on the top of it, um, I can just see. Oh my God, no, no, no. Oh my God, what the, what the fuck is that? Nope, I am, I think I have that. Nope, uh-uh, wish I wouldn't have done that. No, I didn't understand what you meant. I will post a picture to the Facebook page. Uh, and honestly, honestly, Zach, I would suggest that you don't do it because there are even people, you know, like if you talk to people about their fear of, of snakes or spiders, because those are common ones, um, oftentimes if they're at an arm's length and they know it's a picture or yeah. um, even if they, they see one at a distance in a, in a zoo behind a glass, um, they, can, they can manage it. For whatever reason, tryptophobia, I especially among adolescents, and I don't know, yeah. I don't know where it comes from, but the reaction is severe and it is, it is very, very imagine, because it's picture based. It doesn't need to be something real in front of you. The picture is real in front of you. That's, 
It was like weird on a hand. I don't even know what I was looking at. I don't even. Well, I think you were probably looking at, there are a lot of graphics that are created to explain it. But um, I mean, they're naturally pheno uh, occurring phenomenons too, like boba tea. Um, so boba tea has got the little bubbles, the black or, or brown bubbles that settle at the bottom of it. Uh, that is something that produces an anxiety response. And it's, you know, it's really fascinating. But, but most phobias have an identifiable environmental stimulus or trigger. So if this person had, you know, gynophobia, if there was a genuine fear of women, then my question would be, where did it come from? Mm -hmm. And, you know, I, you know, this guy probably didn't go through any kind of therapy, but if he was, I think that would be something that would be explored. And, you know, the, the fear of women, I mean, I would guess would come from some kind of either learn behavior behavior um, from other individuals in his life um, or would be because of some kind of trauma that he suffered at the hands of, um, you know, perhaps a female relative or, or, or somebody he knew in his town or neighborhood. But that, that would be my guess, especially to take such extreme measures. And if he became a cloistered monk because of this, then I mean, you gotta, you gotta ask why. So then I find myself wondering what classifies one as having a phobia. Like I don't like spiders, but as a child, I would consider myself an arach having arachnophobia or at least a mild case of it. Is it, do you have to have like, is it so fearful that you must move away from it completely or is are there just various varying forms of, of, of phobias? Well, there, there are all degrees of phobia and you know people have different coping mechanisms so there are some people if they have arachnophobia for example um, you know their arachnophobia may be manifested when they see a live spider um, others can't look at pictures or can't see it on a television screen um, and I think that's the fascinating thing about all the psych disorders is that uh, there are a range of symptoms and a range of, of responses that people have. So um, there, there are lots of explanations. If people knew the exact reason for them, um, then there would be a uniform explanation for every human on earth and there would be much more knowledge about treatments and cures and things like that. But, um, you know, it's different, but it is, it is, you know, a fear or a sense of anxiety that is disproportionate to the actual danger that somebody has. And, you know, why those develop, um, you know, coulrophobia, the fear of clowns is directly attributable to uh, Stephen King's novel, It, when it came out. And then when the movie was made about that, um, you know, if you think about the history of clowns and, you know, circuses and how they were entertainers and that wasn't something to be fearful. They were jolly. People hired them to entertain their kids at birthday parties. People don't do that anymore because everybody's afraid of clowns and so you know it's interesting the cultural piece to it but uh you know if this guy had a fear of, of women the, the sigmund freud piece of me would want to know where did that come from and and i would have a bet that it involved some kind of bad bad experience with a woman previously in his life so so then i i, I just want to ask because I, I i know I, I sometimes drag these on but it's because i'm free when it comes well, and can you tell you every time you say the word so I just, I mentally um, cringe and I'm just like, what is he going to, what is he going to ask now? Well, also because you're on the fly. I'm sorry. Do you need to go? No. No. Okay. Okay. So these, I just feel free with Patreon questions and I can ask a few more questions. So. Oh. <laughs> That's going to be my drinking game. Say so. Say so. Sometimes they even write so. Like then, like when we come back to the wrap up, it says so, uh, so that I know to. If, kinda... if you go back and listen to just this conversation about gynophobia, 
every single follow-up question. So, every time you say so, I'm like, well, I don't know the grounds to ask it, but Freud was a hypnosis guy. But I'm wondering, what's the most common? What are some of the? Does treatment depend on the situation, or are there any common treatments for this? That I guess. <laughs> But Freud wasn't really a hypnosis guy. Freud was a psychoanalysis guy. He wanted people to be in a relaxed state and be able to think and talk about uh, whatever came to their mind. And then he recorded that information and then studied it and then decided to, to analyze it in a certain way. And his idea was that when people were put into this relaxed state, uh, that it would open up this unconscious layer of their personality, which was uh, in the recesses of their psyche and that whatever they decided to talk about would give him some insight into that. Um, you know, he believed that um, the content of people's dreams, um, because they were in a relaxed state when they were asleep, uh, that those images that people saw had some kind of symbolic meaning. And so he analyzed it. So I wouldn't say that Freud was the hypnosis guy. His, his he, he hypnosis of, guy, I just know, I, I just saw a documentary once where he did in the early years of his career, he did something with hypnosis or so. Tried. Yeah, but what, what, what he's really known for is just uh, trying to use different uh, uh, questioning and talking strategies with his patients to get down to these um, these deep, deep layers of their their you know psyche or their their personality. Um, and he believed the root of all psychological disorders was there. And that if you could start to understand and be aware of some of that um, repressed information, that then you could start to help the person deal with whatever behaviors they were interested in modifying. Interesting. Interesting. So, Jesus, now I can't even, I can't even. Oh. I, I feel I would be failing as a history teacher if I didn't then say the classic history teacher phrase in case anybody doesn't know it, but xenophobia, the irrational fear of other cultures, is actually not a phobia categorized in the DSM-5. It is not one of the listed ones. So well, that's always... The DSM-5 does not go in and list every single specific phobia. So there are different categories of phobias. So there are specific phobias, which are phobias of um, objects, people, animals, situations. There's a is the fear of public or open spaces that gets its own category. But if you go into the DSM-5, it's not going to list gynophobia and arachnophobia acrophobia. Um, it is going to say that, well, you know, gynophobia is a fear of women. Women would be technically considered objects, so it fits into the category of a specific phobia. Um, you know, somebody who has a fear of heights, that is considered a situation, um, that is going to fit into the category of specific phobia. So there, there are hundreds of identified phobias out there. And like I said, there are, there are new phobias uh, based on, you know, cultural things that occur um, and I won't say every day, but, um, you know, they, they just come to be a thing like, you know, fear of the number 13 or, um, you know, fear of, uh, phobia. Yeah. Um, but there, there are, you know, lots of different phobias that are identified, but they're all not in the DSM-5. It has more to do with the characteristics of fear than what the actual name is. Well, xenophobia, most history books love to say that it's not an actual phobia in the sense that it, having an irrational fear of other cultures and how they're going to infiltrate your own and influence your own just is basically ethnocentrism and racism. <laughs> so uh, it's not a, I don't, I don't know. Uh, xenophobia is something that we have to teach as a cultural phenomenon in, in history classes. 
Well, I think that's enough on Cisneros. Cheers. Cheers.